that's that's been another part of the story is you know where does God want us to serve where we're at because you know missionary you know work you know it's not a it's not a profession you know it's really identity and I think hey guys thank you for tuning back in we're going to be here with Dave and Beth Roberts today thank you so much to them for being a part of this conversation we're going to go over what it's like to live in another country as a missionary having a calling of God on your life and knowing what it's like to live that out to be in a place where you know nobody but then it starts to feel like home so if you get something out of this be a friend tell a friend and we really appreciate it as we are trying to do some cool new interviews for you and get to be a part of this time so have a great time. Enjoy the conversation. As you guys talked about it, you know, you, you're talking about date nights, you're talking about homeschooling your kids. When did that transition or can you talk to me about the transition from where this became? Hey, Argentina is a place that we're supposed to go. You know, we might be here four years mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden we look up and it's home. Like this yeah, is, yeah. this is where we have home. This is where we have community. Yeah. And also like, I don't know, this is kind of a two-part question. Uh, how did that also influence the fact that you guys are working with um, drug abuse people and abuse yeah. people? Cause I know, or a people group and also a population, but I know counselors here in the States who get burnout within two years oh, yeah. of sure. being in that work, let alone being yeah. in a foreign country. And so yeah. I know that's, that's two very different questions, but I just maybe wanted to get that out there into the universe. So when did it feel like home? Well, I'd gone on so many short-term trips, like getting on the airplane was super exciting and fun. And then getting on the airplane to come home was always super fun and exciting. Right. It was just, it was just a blink of the eye. Right. But when when we got on the plane with all of our luggage and our almost two-year-old, I was like, what are we doing? <laughs> we weren't like, going home. That's for sure. <laughs> this is this is for four years. This is so long. Oh my word! Like I just and then in our stroller around Buenos Aires when we were there for the first four days, it was just like, what did we do? What did we do? Um, and so it can was we go very, home? Abort! Yeah, we're was, going home. It was very different than stepping foot into Argentina as a short-term two-week trip, right? And so. Um, it was an adventure for a while and it was all exciting, but I remember the, I remember exactly where I was. I was in my kitchen with my girlfriends. I had probably about five different friends over on Friday nights. I, which is a whole nother story. We started meeting to do English preschool with all of Zane's buddies. And so oh, the moms nice. would come along as well. But in the kitchen, we were doing the mate stuff and getting, you know, the cookies and the biscuits and everything ready for that. And my girlfriends were washing dishes in my kitchen and my girlfriends were um, cleaning up my house with a broom. And when for women, Mm -hmm. when other women are in your space and they feel comfortable enough to start washing dishes, putting the milk away, Mm. grabbing a broom and cleaning up alongside of you, it's like you've arrived. It's like they've become your sisters and your home. You know what I mean? Because oftentimes you're like, you're just, no, just sit, 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 sit. No, don't trouble yourself. But when my girlfriends are all running around helping and cleaning up and and doing the the dishes, it was like, I've arrived. I have family here. We are comfortable here. This feels like home for me and my family, finally. One thing to add to that is when you can understand and laugh at their jokes and you can tell a joke, and it's um, funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's not just, it's not not, just like a pity laugh. 
and it's um, it's also not in English. Like yeah. you're probably Portuguese, Spanish, Spanish, yeah, Portuguese. Spanish. <laughs> Spanish. Like you're doing it in your second yeah. language, right? Like your jokes stop being your you speak in Spanish, and they actually laugh at the the joke itself. Then <laughs> you know, then, you know you're, you, it's a different level of comfort. Yeah. Um, and there's so oh, many fun. other things that go with that. It's just like knowing your place where, you know, your butcher shop that you go to, your bakery, the place, mm. being able to receive people and knowing where you want to take them because they're places you love. All, all of that goes together. Just it feels like home. Um, but it, it takes time. You know, it really does. I don't so, know. That might be the title of our podcast for today is It Takes Time because I feel yeah. like all all of the all the rivers have been flowing in that yeah, way that's, from yeah and, yes, and then when you when it does take time and your son was less than two and then when we leave when he's 10 and saying those goodbyes on the other end that's when you know that it has been home for you for eight years and and the the deep ties that you've had and having to say goodbyes is a whole nother story <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's kind of the the, the back end of it yeah but, um you know, I, th- I think it's, that's so true though, is, is as Americans, we really value efficiency mm-hmm. and a lot of places in the world don't value that at all. You know, they they value, you know, relationship, uh, differently and, and taking time with people. Wow. And I, and I think that's something that God is, is constantly communicating to, to the church, the Western church is, you know, there, that there's sometimes when he has a different timeline, mm-hmm. I mean, the pandemic has really been evidence of that our you know our story was trying to get overseas and it, it takes time but god's god's at work you know he's at work in that time that timeline um and so that's that's been i think that is a good theme you know that's coming out so i know some of your story because of our pre-interview yeah. but do you mind sharing some of those like you just said like our story with the pandemic like yeah what is that what what would what do you what did you guys experience um what was our experience so we spent we're trying to get out yeah more like how like you said you were trying to get out of the country or figure out what that looks like sorry absolutely yeah that's that's our current scenario so um we (laughs) came back after eight years in argentina we came back for a year-long furlough um that year-long furlough ended in March of 2020, and we had plane tickets to move to Uruguay to transition to a new country on the 18th of March. Um, <laughs> yeah. So if anybody that remembers what happened in March of 2020. On the 18th. I, on the 18th, no doubt. It was, it was more like the 13th because it was five days before. Five days before. It was before. that Friday. They, what happened was they canceled I think we, we had a layover in Argentina and that was canceled and we rescheduled one week to just see what was going to happen. Um, and within that time frame, everything flights were just completely canceled. Yeah. And, and so we, we were staying actually in the same house where we're staying right now. Um, we thought, okay, well maybe it'll take a few months to flatten the curve. You know, nobody talks about flattening the curve anymore. Um, <laughs> or just, Two weeks in your house. We're just trying to flatten the curve. Not a big deal. Oh, yeah. Just relax. Yeah. It's only well, China has a curve flattened after this many months, so that'll probably happen. So it, what, what began was an endless um, season of speculating when flights would reopen. And then we realized mm-hmm. that the Uruguayan government wasn't even allowing foreigners in, so we couldn't even get in. And and so five months we stayed with brother and sister-in-law. We moved into a house and kind of house sat 
um, for another eight months. And then, and then we found this exception, this loophole that to where we could get in to Uruguay as um, language learners, as studying uh, Spanish, you know, for <laughs> one month. So we, we, we applied and we had to apply again because we did it wrong. And then Uruguay, after a year of not having very many cases, all of a sudden became the country with the most deaths per capita from COVID. And so they shut down their classes, won't review our application until they reopen classes. And so as we speak, um, on the 7th of June, the government is supposed to announce a timeline for reopening the classes, which would then, in theory, cause them to review our application, which may or may not be accepted to enter the country. Wow. But like in, in April, there was like 100%, we're going to language school, we bought airplane tickets, yeah. we were gonna leave June 1st, like it was 100%, we were so excited, okay, start packing, start thinking through again, all of the things that we need to do, logistics, and then COVID surged there. It was, it was just unreal, yeah. it was like, there are so many physical obstacles to not get there. Like God obviously has purpose for us here. And so we're trying to live in that every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Even though it's frustrating, you're like, God, you called yeah. me to be a missionary, not to be nomadic in the States. <laughs> right. Or, or both. And, and that's, and that's what we're figuring out. And, and, you know, just to, to respond to, I never got around to answering um, your question about, about recovery ministry um, and that piece, but, um, before I went overseas, I worked in youth corrections in Denver, and I and I spent a number of years doing uh, drug and alcohol uh, recovery work. Yeah. Um, in Argentina, after a few years on the field, um, I got involved again. Um, you know, with with recovery work, a lot of addictions, um, uh, drug addictions, alcohol addiction in Argentina, and so that was a big part of of uh, my ministry. And so, being here for this year, um, about halfway through the kind of this year pandemic, um, I, I thought, you know, I need to, I need to find a way to serve. And so I started working with the Denver rescue mission. And so I'm, I'm, uh, I've been there since about, about Thanksgiving doing mission type work here in Denver, doing, uh, addictions counseling. And so that's, that's been another part of the story is, you know, where does God want us to serve where we're at? Because, you know, missionary, you know, work you know it's not a it's not a profession you know it's really identity and i think you know god calls us as disciples of christ to be missionary people you know and to go where he wants us to go so wow. that's that's been part of part of this this journey you know that's hasn't just been waiting it's been you know waiting actively and figuring mm-hmm. out what he wants wow i don't know that's such a good identity piece too but waiting in action Cause I think we yeah. see so many, I mean, I'm kind of going through Jesus's parables about the, the women who have the extra um, oil and they're prepared and they're actively waiting for their yeah. husbands to come versus the other ones. And I don't know, like just to bring the scripture element to it as well of like, you know, Jesus sending out the 72 to go ahead of him in Luke chapter mm-hmm. 10, where it's uh verse two is the only one I'm going to read, but it says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the mm-hmm. Lord of harvest, therefore, to send you out as workers into the harvest fields. Yeah. And then verse yeah. three just begins with the word go. Um, yeah. yeah. And I just, well, and it, you know, we read that and I think one perspective is we're ready to go. Send us, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we're, yeah. we've been waiting. And, 
Romans and the reality, we're not ashamed yeah. of the gospel. We're ready. <laughs> right. We're ready. Send us. He's like, no, I, I'm sending you. You know, you're not just waiting. I'm sending you right here to Denver for this time. I'm not telling you when it's done, which seems a little ridiculous, too. <laughs> um, and, and I'm all tongue in cheek. I, <laughs> but, you, you have these, but we've had moments. You have these thoughts. Oh, 100%. God's saying, God's saying, you are right where I want you to be right now. Yeah. Your plan, your plan B is actually my plan A, and it doesn't mean this other calling was was something misunderstood. Mm-hmm. It's I'm on a different timeline, mm-hmm. and so you know I think that's that's where surrender happens. Yeah. You say, okay, um, I'm okay with this. I'm not going to have a pity party because we didn't get to go when we we're supposed to, or the 13, 15 months after that. It's mm-hmm. okay. God, use me where I'm at. Um, you know, we're, 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 we want to be obedient. And when it's time to go, unless you redirect our, our steps, we're, we're going to be ready to go. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's been a journey to get to that place. That's been a process, but you know, that's, that's our heart's desire. Hmm. So good. Yeah. I had like 14 other ways I want to go off that, but I think how, how has that affected your families? Like you guys have been married and had kind of been living this world for eight, 10 years, you know, actively overseas for <laughs> eight years, but uh, just continuing to work with the families. How did, yeah. How does that work? Yeah. So, so in the, so the whole process of being missionaries, not just during the last couple of years, you can, mm-hmm. yeah. well, we are very thankful that all of our families are loving and serving the Lord. So Mm -hmm. that is a huge difference. Um, My mom had a fair warning from when I was 13 that this is what I wanted to do. And um, however, when we decided to take her grandbaby down to Argentina, it wasn't a fan, wasn't a fan. Yeah, it was, (laughs) it was hard. And so she, um, she really had to work through stuff in her in her um, life with that, obviously wanting, you know, the tension of wanting her, her daughter's family to love and serve the Lord and and do, and have this calling on their life and be obedient to that, but also wanting her family close and secure and safe. Mm. Um, So one really great resource is actually POM, Parents of Missionaries, and you can get Mm. on their Facebook page and get their newsletters. And that's been really, really supportive for my parents to not feel oh, wow. alone and to know that there's other parents out there that have, have to hold that tension of wanting to be involved and, and how can they be involved differently um, with that. But we've had amazing support from, mm-hmm. from our families, from our siblings, and yeah. um, we've been incredibly blessed with that. We've had a lot of them come down and visit us as well. To, and once they come down and they see our friends, they see our home, they see our lives, it's so much easier to relate and to share stories and mm-hmm. to talk about it because they've been there and experienced part of it with us. Yeah. So that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause we're, yeah, I just, I think about like any interactions I've had with other people who have come here on work visas or have come to the States, like in other countries, this is not abnormal to have people go and truly see the world where I feel like here in our Western state and Canada and you know, the, 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 in the States, it is a, it is a uncommon practice to see people truly either relocate or spend multiple years in another country. Like it's always like, Oh, people come to us. We, we right. like, right. we as the States don't go out. If yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And what, I mean, and obviously we have so much technology now to stay connected, yeah. to, to do video calls and, and yeah. that, that's really, that really makes a big difference. And I think the other thing, and I don't think you, you mentioned this specifically, but when we do come back really having good quality time with family and friends, um, we cram a lot in when we're here. And so yeah. we really meaningful time. I mean, it's yeah. really special. Um, and it's just such a blessing to see, connect with friends and family when we're here, um, that in, in some ways we get to have maybe even more special times than we would if we were here all the time. I, yeah. So. Yeah. I always say be present where you are. So when we're on the mission mm. field, I try to be 90% present there and 10% my energy back with my family and my friends and maintaining relationships stateside. And then yeah. same that here, you know, when we're stateside, we'd be 90% present here and then, you know, continue with the the relationships that we have now kind of in two countries with Uruguay with some connections and back in Argentina, but you can't, you can't even do 50, 50. You just, you have to be present with where you're at and with whom you're with and you put your phone down and be present. And, you know, so yes, we've been stuck or God's plan a still stateside, (laughs) but like I have used my hashtag of bonus family time so much because I'm getting all of these extra mother's days with my mom and extra birthdays with the cousins and extra things. And it's just been precious. And um, we do not take those for granted anymore after being missing so many of those for years, you know? So been very blessed with that this year. Yeah, that's not, yeah, not the same, but very different in my own life of like, you know, I spent um, all of my rest of my family's back in the South. So I kind of have empathy with you of like, Hey, I don't go home for Thanksgivings anymore. Easter lunch is not a thing. I maybe see my parents 10 days a year and, you know, been yeah. pretty open about it on this podcast and in church. And it's like, it's not a burden, but it's also something you don't think about. And I, and I get mad at, I've gotten mad at some of my close college friends because they live down the street from their parents and they see their parents less than I do. And I'm like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> I would... Right. You know, there's, there's untold amount of things I would yeah. do just to be able to see my parents or my friends and my brother or sweet Elliot, who is my nephew. Like, yeah, I would, I would love to see them more, but that's just not where God has me right now. And I'm okay with that. And I'm blessed, but it's also like, man, do not, don't miss it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow. Um, kind of. I don't want to say closing as in like we're wrapping up, but if you guys had to just like describe missions and even just this whole journey through not only being out on the mission field, but here in the pandemic, like how, like, are there any thoughts you'd like to communicate to our audience? Cause I think a lot of them, you know, we, we see a lot of the the different ages. So we hear from, or we see, you know, 28 to 35 and we have like the 60 plus kind of, we yeah. literally had yeah. the whole gambit on this uh, program. And so, yeah, is there anything you would want to tell them or um, yeah, any kind of final thoughts or yeah. final yeah, I, I, touch? Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think when I, when I think about missions, I generally uh, think of it as a very broad, um, huge category instead of just all these different categories, you know, when we say missions, a lot of times we think of overseas missions, yeah. um, you know, or cross-cultural, but cross-cultural can happen 
you know, all over the United States. I mean, the nations have come uh, to the United States as well. And there's a lot of cross-cultural mi uh, ministry. And then just understanding that, that God's mission is, um, you know, it's his redemptive work throughout the world. And so there's so many different ways. I mean, he's called all of us um, mm. to mission. You know, he's called all of us to his great, the Great Commission, you know, to go and make disciples of all nations. It doesn't mean that we have to travel outside of our community um, or even, you know, our, our own state or go overseas. It just means that we're willing to go where he sends us. And so I think a lot of people look at it as it's an either or it's he's called me to Africa or I'm just I'm supposed to be here to send and pray. And I think he's called us all to go. You know, it doesn't matter if we have the gift of evangelism. He's called us all to give testimony of what Christ's done in us and to share Christ's love and his truth with other people. Um, so I I guess my my big push, my soapbox is just. You know, we need to get rid of the categories and really and realize that God's called us all and that we all have uh, something to, well, ways to share the gospel um, yeah. to the nations, whether it's near or far. So, yeah. Uh, I just think that's so awesome. Just that idea of like, just the categories, like we've said, kind of just need to like disappear almost because you have taken yeah. your gifting of like counseling and mm -hmm. working with drug and addiction and also empowering church planners and being like, Hey, we want to see you yeah. succeed. And you spent the last, I mean, you spent eight years in Argentina, right. Being right. able to do that work and that, I don't know. I think it's, it shatters some of the, my own personal, um, maybe ideas I've had around missions. Like, Oh, I yeah. felt like I've always been called stateside to do youth ministry. Yeah. But this yeah. is the reality of like youth ministry can be done in like, just because I am a youth pastor does not mean I always have to be stateside to do that job yeah. or to do that understanding, just mm -hmm. like counseling, just like even hard skills of being able to build things up. Yeah. 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 I think for me, we get into the mundane, the day to day for me, it's homeschooling and dishes and cooking for my family and yeah. packing and unpacking, but you know, everybody has the mundane. And I think, man, more than anything, is just to encourage people to be in the presence of the Father mm -hmm. and wanting that more than anything. Like, we can be in the presence of the Father wherever we are, but, like, ultimately the kingdom, being in heaven in the presence of the Father. And what that means is the Great Commission. It says, God does, when every tongue and every nation hears then the end will come. Then Jesus comes back for his second coming. Then he takes us to the Father to be in the presence of the Father. Like when we have that kingdom mindset daily, yeah. like wanting the end to come, wanting the second coming of Jesus. So what needs to happen? Oh, we have an actual job. Go out and make disciples so every tongue and nation can hear. Like desiring that end game so much that we're, that the mundane doesn't, we don't get tripped up on the mundane, that we go out and we push through and we go and tell people, even like, I was just in a board the other day and there's this whole, um, 
um, refugee community center there with like mm. five different different groups of refugees that are there. Like they're literally at our doorstep, even within Denver. Right. There's Afghan yeah. refugees that you can befriend and walk alongside of. And that one friendship that you can teach and share about Jesus, they have connections back in Afghanistan that maybe we can't have any connection with, right? Mm. And so yeah. literally the nations are at our doorstep here unsaved mm. our, our neighbors are right outside our doors that we can connect with and that we can share Jesus with for so that every nation can know and so that the Jesus second coming can come and we can be in the presence of the father mm. like like just keeping that in front of us right. so often we don't yeah just yeah vision. yeah and I think that even okay. connects oh oh I, I was just going to add one thing to that it, that's just yeah. a statistic that's mind-blowing and just it shows how easy missions can be. And that is that, um, if I get this correct, we were told by a pastor in a college town that 85% of uh, foreign um, college students, and that's a huge number, there's so many foreign college students in the U.S., 85% in their four years of study will never enter the home of an American citizen. That's wild. What? That's that's that that alone is is should, that that statistic should be a wake up call for any church that is in the vicinity of any any type of university or, or community college because all that means is you you figure out a way to open your home and just invite somebody to have a meal and they're interested in Thanksgiving they're interested in Easter what does that mean in this culture in this American culture but they're yeah. never invited into an Easter meal where you can easily share the crux of of our of our faith, mm. right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the important thing that we can also like tie to conifer is that the gospel is also something that can go to our next door neighbor, even if it is up on a side of a mountain. Even but if you that, chop some wood, man, and you yeah. give some, you give some firewood to people in the community. Love it. I know you absolutely. Find That's no, yeah, <laughs> that is mission work, and it's and it's a, and it's exciting and igniting. A, a family, a church family to, to do those things, to make right. it the, you know, cause you don't have to have all the answers. I think that's one right. thing that I've heard from you guys over and over today is that you don't have to have the perfect plan and the perfect category to share the gospel, right. but just open up your home. People or open right. up, you know, on Sunday, invite people to come over and watch the Broncos, even if they are terrible and they're probably not getting Aaron Rodgers. I'll just say it for you. I'm a but, man, so you can say whatever you want. Hey, you got Patty Mahomes. You know, Patrick's going to take you all the way. It's okay. In 40, 40 years of, uh, of suffering so before that. So Hey, it's okay. Yeah. Tampa, I'm a huge sports side. I'm a huge Bucks fan, and we, we got our one Super Bowl. Time to go back to 20 years of irrelevance before we get another one. So. <laughs> Slowly go. but surely, we're building a dynasty. But go. it's the fact that missions can be in that, that we can just having the ability to go have relationships. Uh, what is it? Um, there's a stat out there of like, as the square footage of the average home has gone up, the re close relationship has gone down. Sure. And sure. I, I can't remember where I heard that or if it was a comedian, but I know that to be true that we can open up our doors. We can open up our ability to be with people. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's, that's our invitation. If you get nothing else 
from this podcast and you guys feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, wherever you are, open up that invitation so that um, you can share Jesus or at the very least you can share the love of Jesus with somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Well, David and Beth, thank you so much for being here. Uh, thanks for being a part of this and spending the last almost hour with me. It feels like it's flown by, but it's been a lot of fun. So thank you guys. Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah. Absolutely. And remember, if you got anything, um, how can people find you? How can they uh, keep updates with you guys? Yeah, so we, we do have a um, we do have a newsletter that we send out. So um, I'm trying to think how they could get, uh, you know, if they just if, if somebody sent you an email, you could pass it on to us. We could put them on the okay. newsletter. Fantastic. Um, and my email for those of you who are listening that don't know it, it's Wes at Conifer CC. Uh, .org. Yeah. And you can find us on Facebook as well or Instagram. Yeah. Nice. Do you know um, any of your handles by, by chance? What would be, how would they find you on Facebook? You know, I just get my email. This is an ancient email. It's super underscore Dave nine at hotmail. Um, oh, so, he's a hotmail guy. Oh uh, my goodness. It's still around. So ancient. Uh, yeah, that one's, that one's not my, not my work. A couple work emails, but that's still my favorite. So you can get a, you can get a hold of me with that. And uh, yeah, so that's a super good way. underscore Dave nine at Hotmail, ladies and gentlemen. That's where because he's spitting hot fire. That's where that's it is. Right. That's right. Well, yeah, guys, thank you. Uh, praying for you guys as you try to figure out what lays ahead. Um, and thank you so much for your time. So, thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>